You may be seated. And again, thank you for being with us this morning in worship. I'm looking forward to diving into God's Word today with you. And uh, it's been a fun study throughout this week. Uh, We started at the beginning of the year, if you were with us, or maybe you weren't, maybe I'd encourage you just to go back if you would like, but uh, uh, in the beginning in January, we, I've never been good at, at doing like a theme, like a lot of places you go to a church and there's like a, a theme, they have a banner, they have whatever, and I'm, I've never been good at that, but uh, the last couple years we've been trying to uh, start out this year, the year with a little bit of a theme and we'll kind of touch on it throughout the year, and this year we, we started this year with the word rest. We looked at the series of Rest in Him for about five weeks, and uh, I don't believe that I need to reiterate this, but we are busy, busy people, yes? I was preaching a series on rest over the course of five weeks, and three of those weeks I was traveling uh, to different conferences and trying to study on the plane and trying to study in an airport in the midst of this and in the midst of that. I was probably as busy in that few weeks as I had been in years, and I was joking with my wife, and I joked with others, like, I'm telling everybody about rest, and while my life is utter chaos, traveling as much as I had in a long, long time. The reality is this, we are busy people, and we spoke of rest, and we talked about that as abiding in Christ. We looked at it from that perspective that we would rest in him, that we would abide in him, that we would be able to slow down, have intentionality, have all of those things. Just because we talked of it, the busyness of our lives did not stop, right? For some, like myself in that season, it was, it was really crazy. It was a little chaotic, actually. But when we truly rest in God, when we abide in Him, when we slow down and spend time in God's Word and we spend time talking to the Lord and and focus ourselves on Him, it's not that the busyness changes, but it's intentionality around some of those things or maybe the busyness uh, that once was just utter chaos and worthless busy became more focused and more structured. I want to go back into this rest in him idea but today we're going to look at it and then next week as well with this the theme that we have been focusing on this campaign of reach your street resting in him reach your street you might go that doesn't make sense pastor you're talking about resting and then you're telling us to go reach your street but here's here's what all of this comes from when we again are abiding when we're resting in the lord the life that we live out of the overflow of what God is doing in our rest should pour out into every other area of our lives. If I am walking with God and I am doing the things that God has called me to do and that God is truly tugging upon my heart to do, there's an overflow, there's an abundance of of, of my time with Him that comes out in so many different areas of my life. And so as we look at this, campaign or this the next couple weeks leading up to Easter with outreach my prayer is this my prayer is that God would truly give us a burden that God would give us opportunities that God would allow things to become intentional in our little circles in our neighborhoods you might say well I don't really have much of interaction when it as it pertains to my neighborhood but every person in this room has an interactive circle, whether that's at work, if you go to the gym, if you go to a, a fast food place, a restaurant, or wherever it is that we go, we all go places that we would say, these are people that are within our neighborhood. 
there are the people that are inside of our world. I have a smaller cul-de-sac of eight to ten homes. I, I see them. I see them walking their dogs. I see them taking walks. I see them coming and going. That God would give us intentional opportunities to interact with them. Maybe I don't know their names. That God would allow me the opportunity to get to know their names. Maybe it's some people that, that you go to and you see at the gym or you see at a coffee shop or you see wherever it is that God would give you those opportunities. That God would burden our hearts to see people that maybe we never even paid attention to before. See, in our hustle and bustle of life, we pass some of the same people every day. But we don't even realize that we pass them. We have an opportunity moment by moment by moment. And my prayer is, as we look at this, reach your street, is that we would engage that. I believe God's word speaks that as we know him, as we rest in him, as we do those things that we would naturally speak of him, that we would share him, that we are changed because of him. We have become a new creation, that we are transformed from the renewing of our mind, uh, that we would be transformed into his likeness, that we would act like him, that we would live a life, that we would have those spiritual gifts, the fruits of the spirit that would be pouring out of us. All of that speaks from us knowing him internally and that all comes out of us. How many of you would say this morning, without a shadow of a doubt, God has came and in some way changed my life? So many of us. Do you know the sad reality? I could stand and say that exact same thing in just about every church in America, and every church would be like, amen! Do you realize nearly 80% of all people that are professing Christians will die having never shared their faith with anybody? Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. But that's the reality. Most do not share their faith. I believe there's a reason that Christianity is not amongst the fastest growing religions in the world. That being one of them. The Muslim faith is the fastest growing religion in the world. The Mormon faith is the fastest growing religion in our nation. Folks that teach false things, false hope. And we have the hope of Jesus Christ. We have the hope. We have the answer. We have the thing. But yet we keep it to ourselves so many times. Yes, this is the next couple weeks are going to be intentional in outreach. And yes, some of you are going to be like, oh, I hate this. God's word says, go ye therefore. It doesn't have a butt clause anywhere in it. And I understand that all of us have different personalities. And I'm not coming up here and yelling at you to tell you today that you need to go and just begin to, you know, be crazy and whatever. But I do believe that God's word is very clear that all of us are to go. It's not a go ye therefore unless you are introvert. It's not a go ye therefore unless you don't have as much education as the pastor. It's not a go ye therefore unless you are unafraid and you know the whole Bible memorized from, from front to back. Like there's nothing in there that gives any of those things a but 
clause or an unless you are clause. We are to go. We're also to go, and God's word is very clear that he has gifted all of us a little differently, spiritually speaking. There's some of you, and I've joked about this, there's some of you in this room right now that have the spiritual gift of evangelism, and you will lead the wall to the Lord at some point. Because that's who you are. God has wired you in such a manner that you can go and you can take every conversation, you can slip, uh, change that conversation into a gospel conversation as if there was no, it was just a part of everything that was going on. And there's other people that are like, how in the world does every person that guy talks to come to know Jesus? That's me. I'm like, I don't understand how you took that conversation and led that guy to the Lord. I have no clue what just happened right there. But genuinely, they are gifted spiritually by God to do that. But that does not give me, who is not spiritually gifted at the top of my gifting, as an evangelist, if you will, a a butt clause to not go do it. I might do it differently. I might be a little bit different in my focus of outreach, but we have to go. And I believe as we look at this passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning, I I look at all of these things. When we are truly resting in Him, out of the overflow of everything that God is doing in us, we will not be able to truly contain it, and we will express it and speak of it and show it and share it. I believe that. Because I believe that's what God's Word would speak of. See, unlike all religions, every religion outside of that of true Christianity in in Christ is all of the things that I must do externally to change or hope to change who I am internally. Scripture speaks the complete opposite of that. It is nothing that I must do, but rather what He would do in me and in and through me grow and build me that everything externally would then begin to change. And as we go through this, as I am changed, I begin to speak of that. We begin to live out of the overflow of that life. So these next couple weeks, we're going to speak a little bit of that. We're going to, I'm going to be challenging you. I'm challenging myself. Believe me, I say this all the time. Uh, you get the 45-minute version. For the last week, I've been studying and praying and thinking about this, and I've been getting punched in the gut. So it's good for you to get at least a few minutes of it. How's that? But no, I, I really, this is as much a challenge to me. Evangelism is not my greatest strength. I will sit down with you and we can talk and talk and talk for hours. I love relationships. I love getting to know people. I love all of that. My, my evangelism could take an, a year and a half. Because I've just developed a friendship and I'm willing to talk and talk and talk and listen and share the gospel in those conversations. And some people would go, how do you do that? Well, that's part of how I engage with that. That's a large part of why I go and sit down at the coffee shop because I want to just share Jesus with people where I'm at in, my, in that moment. I love that opportunity to develop those friendships and in that not try to be sneaky and share the gospel. Oh, we're going to, I'm going to try to pull one over on. No, but I want that opportunity. That's different. That's for me. That's more of where I'm at. And I try to do that regularly through intentional relationships. It's through Cameron at the gym. 
It's through Vinny at the gym. It's through some of the folks at Schemos. It's through those relationships for me that I begin to put that seed of how I can, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm thinking of you. Hey, can I do anything? Like those are, that's a lot of where I go with my evangelism, if you will. We're all a little bit different. But we are all called to go and do it because we're all commanded to go and do those things. So inside of that, my prayer is that we would go and have that boldness. Acts chapter 4, 29 says this, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. God's word says that we would pray for boldness. I've been praying for our church to have boldness in our neighborhoods and where we go and how we speak to people. Ephesians six nineteen, Paul says this, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth, what does it say again, boldly, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak. Why do we do that? Second Corinthians 3.12, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. That God would give us boldness because we have an amazing hope and that we would plainly speak God's word to those that are around us in our neighborhoods. This morning as we get into the passage of scripture, we're going to look at is a very familiar passage with Zacchaeus. The wee little man, the wee little man was he. I tried to tell my mom we need to sing it and she did not put it in the song list this morning. But as we look at this, as much as anything, my prayer is really not so this morning, or my thoughts are really not so much this morning, uh, really, I'll talk of Zacchaeus, but it's really that we would have the heart, that we would have the eyes, that we would have the mind of Christ who walks into a scene, that walks into, Jer- or into uh, Jericho, he comes into this, and that our lives would not be so busy as we would miss Zacchaeus, the guy who climbed up in a tree who just wanted to see who Jesus was. There's a lot of uh, depth theologically inside of this passage. There's a lot of little things, and I'm not going to touch on some of those. I'm genuinely, my prayer has been that we would begin to see through the lens of Christ. I could be one of those pastors now. When you put your glasses on, that you would see through the lens of Christ. I've become old, so now I put my glasses on so I can be that guy now. I always used to laugh at that guy. You know, it's like when you put your glasses on and you would see through. Yeah, yeah, anyway. But that's really the prayer. That we would see as Christ sees. Jesus walked into town. And amongst everything that, goes on, that was going on, he looked up and he saw a, a man that was short of stature who had climbed up in a tree with just one intention. It says that he just wanted to see as Jesus passed by. This morning, I believe there's so much that we can be challenged by in this passage. And I have one simple statement, and it's not the most depth of things, but it says this. There are many who desire a glimpse. Am I aware and willing to go with them for today may be the day of their salvation? If you have your a copy of God's Word. We're going to be in Luke chapter number 19. I'm going to read the first 10 verses there, that story of Zacchaeus, and then I'm going to give you a couple simple thoughts to go with it this morning. Luke 19, verse number 1 through 10. 
says this, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at your house or at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Father, I come to you today. And Lord, this passage of Scripture is... Lord, there's a lot of different things in it, but I believe for what we're looking at today, there are so many simple, practical applications that we can take with us. Lord, I pray that you would give us boldness. I pray that you would give us the opportunities. I pray that you would do all of those things, but that we would be obedient in it, that we would be aware of those that are around us, that we would be willing to go with them. For God, we have no idea in those moments that today may be the day of their salvation. Father, challenge us today. Lord, for the believer in this room who may, be, who may struggle with how they share their faith, challenge them, convict them. Give them a burden. Maybe it's for one. Maybe there's many. But God, challenge us for the one this morning that does not know you as Savior, that may sit here, that may be watching online. God, maybe they, like Zacchaeus, are just trying to see. They just need a glimpse. And God, because you noticed. God, because somebody noticed and was aware of them. Because somebody was willing to go with them. Today may be the day of their salvation. Father, use this in each heart today as you would. In Jesus' name, amen. The simple title is just a glimpse. And I've given a, a little thought here to each one of these. Many desire a glimpse, but the question is this, or the statement, am I aware of them? The story in Luke 19 is that, again, of Jesus entering into Jericho where Zacchaeus was a tax collector Zacchaeus, as it says, was the chief. He was the kind of a boss, if you will. He was a, a big dog in that, that realm. And just like then, today is not much different. We don't love the tax collector. He was not a hated or he was not a loved man. He was not liked at all. He was wealthy. He had the things that this world could offer. He had all of those things. But there was something about Zacchaeus that he just wanted to see Jesus. We do not know every bit of this storyline. We don't know those that went before. We don't know all of the little things there. But we see it says in verse number 3 that he wanted to see and he sought to see Jesus and who he was. 
I do know this. Zacchaeus may have heard from a friend. There may have been somebody just like you or just like I who had known Zacchaeus to say, hey, Zacchaeus, uh, we've, we've all talked about Jesus or we've all seen this, but hey, Jesus is supposed to come through here. It may have been something like that. It may have been that he was at his place, he was doing his job, and he saw the crowd and the masses, and they were saying, hey, Jesus is coming. But I'm assuming, and my, my thinking is that uh, whether somebody told him or he just had the for with all the foreknowledge that Jesus would have given him, that he knew that this was coming, and he saw the crowd of people, and he recognized because he had heard of Jesus before, that he just needed to see this Jesus. We've been learning in Mark, everywhere Jesus goes, there's a crowd of people, right? Most of them just want to see him. They just want to watch what's going to happen next. Zacchaeus may have been one of those. I do not believe that Zacchaeus was somebody who was like maybe the woman who was trying to get healed of her issue of blood where she ran up to Jesus just to touch his garment that she wanted to be healed. I don't believe that he went to Jesus out of faith. I believe he genuinely was looking to see who is this Jesus and what is is going on. I just want to see this guy. I just want to watch him walk past me. This guy's supposed to be everything. Here's what I do know, though. Though we don't know many of those things, we know this. The only people that sit in this room, whether this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel or heard the word of God taught, teached, or if you are here every single week, the only reason that we have a desire from within ourselves as human beings to go and to see Jesus or to hear about Jesus or any of those things is if God the Holy Spirit, that God would give that to us. God's Word says in Romans chapter 3, in verse 11, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. It says this, there is none that seeketh after God. That man, Zacchaeus, was not going up to the tree because he in his flesh was seeking after God. The only way that happens is if the Spirit comes in and moves within us and stirs us to draw us to who Jesus is, to who God is. So Zacchaeus sees and hears, and he runs to go climb up this tree. I think it's neat, even Zacchaeus, as a man that was hated because of his position, a man that was hated as a tax collector. A man that we would all even look at and go, oh, that guy, how, that's, a, that's a dirty rich man. He's just filthy. But yet, when Jesus comes in, Jesus was aware. See, God has this way with all of us that it's never been about who you are or what you've done. It's not about what you have or what you did in the past. It's not about any of those things. God came and loves you and is seeking after you and I. Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of man, after Adam and Eve sinned, it says this, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And what was going on? Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. And then what does it say? And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? See, even 
at the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned and when they fell in the garden, they began to hide themselves. But what happened? They did not go, God, we messed up. No, they went and hid themselves and God Almighty came to them and said, hey, where are you? He was still seeking them. It doesn't matter that he was a tax collector. It doesn't matter that you are the bad person in your family or that you are the one that has done more bad things than the person beside you. God was seeking after them and he's seeking after you and I today. And as we look at this, Jesus walks in. And as Jesus comes in, Zacchaeus, a man that was roughly uh, five foot or right below five foot is what it speaks of as a short man, a man of short stature, was smaller than five feet. And he could not see over the crowd of people. So Zacchaeus began to run. And Zacchaeus ran I don't know how far Zacchaeus ran, but he ran down the road where this, he would believe that Jesus would have taken him or taken the road that he would have went. And he got up in this tree just enough to do what? Just to see, just to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. Can I just tell you today? Can I challenge you? Can I encourage you? Can I, maybe it's the, the swift kick. There's people all around you that are up in a tree just trying to get a glimpse. There's neighbors that are in your neighborhood that are up in a tree just trying to get a glimpse. They may not know what that glimpse means, but they're just standing up there. Your coworker, you know, the one that that is watching you, that might even make comments to you about those Christians. Oh, you guys that aren't Christians, you're all just hypocrites, the people. Listen, they are watching you just because they want a glimpse of who Jesus is. I get irritated at those people. I get irritated at the Christian that looks and goes, oh, you didn't take that opportunity to share Jesus. And I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, if I were as perfect as you, oh, holy one, maybe I would next time, you know? But there's people that are watching. They just want a glimpse of Jesus. And listen, we have the phrase that we've used and that you've heard all the time that you might be the only Jesus that somebody sees. As much as we want to go, oh, whatever, it's true. People are watching and they just want a glimpse because people are hopeless and they need hope in the world in which we live. And I ask the question today, are you and I aware of what is going on around us that there is a Zacchaeus in the tree beside you and you have no clue because you're too busy to stop and say hello? I wonder... Am I too busy? Am I too worried about what they might say or what they might think? If you were here a few weeks ago and the Barrick family was here and they sat right here on the stool and Linda had asked Jen about the time when they were in New York getting a cab. Do you remember? 
And the cab driver, as they were talking and asking who they were and they were talking and sharing, the cab driver said what? How long were you going to wait to tell me about the God that you know? People all over, they just want to see Jesus. They just want a glimpse. And here's what's amazing. When you get a glimpse of Jesus, it will change your life. Zacchaeus, I do not believe with all of me, everything that I've read this week, I do not believe that Zacchaeus was seeking salvation and seeing Jesus walk through. I believe Zacchaeus was just like so many of our neighbors who just wanted to see something different. They just wanted a little bit of a hope. They just wanted a glimpse of something But when Zacchaeus came in or into contact with Jesus, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, Jesus was aware of him as he walked through the street. And he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I wonder how many of us would just slow down enough to be aware. As we walk out of this hallway, you will leave today. And many of you will be too busy to be aware of the hurt that is in this room. Because we're busy I got to get to lunch. I've got to get to the next sporting event. I've got to get to this. I've got to get to that. Meanwhile, the hurt that is all over us, we're too busy and we look right past it. Or we'll give the good old, hey, how you doing? Oh, everything's great. Are we aware? Jesus was aware. Can I tell you today, if you do not know Jesus, if you're sitting here, if you're listening online, can I just tell you, can I plead with you, can I share with you a hope that that Jesus would have is that Jesus is aware of you. He sees you, he loves you, and there's nothing that you've done that has put yourself too far from him. He is seeking after you, and you are hiding just like Adam and Eve in the garden, hid by the trees, and God said, hey Adam, where are you? He's seeking after you. And he loves you. And he wants to be in relationship with you. This morning I asked, are we aware? The second thought is this, am I willing to go with them? Jesus comes in and Again, all of this comes back as you and I as believers. It all comes back to our walk with God. It all comes back to that, that, that simple phrase of resting in Him. As I abide in Him, I, am, uh, I believe that God gives us that awareness. I believe that God allows us to see. I believe that God gives us those things. But then we come here, am I willing to go? As we abide and rest, would I go? I believe God allows us to see some of that hurt as we just spend time with people. I believe that we be, as we become more aware of the, uh, those that are lost around us, God gives us a greater passion, a greater burden, a greater care, a greater compassion. However, I would say this. It's one thing to be aware and to have compassion. It's another thing to go with them. There's a lot of times I have a compassion and a brokenness for people. But there's some times where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know that I want to get into that battle. I don't know that that one's worth it. Have you said that before? Not sure that that one's worth that fight. Don't know that I have the time. 
that it takes to invest into all of that. See, Jesus was aware. Jesus recognized. He said to come on down. But he didn't just say to come on down and stop there. He said, come on down. And then he said, because I'm going with you to eat some dinner at your house. Now, I don't think that's the proper etiquette of how you invite yourself over to somebody's place. I mean, I don't think it's very wise to come down like you're walking out and to be like, hey, pastor, uh, just so you know, I'm coming to your house today for lunch. My wife might not like you. But I take that to where we are, and I wonder how many times are we willing to go with somebody? Am I willing to go with you? I, I genuinely believe this. I, I, I feel and I sense that a lot of times we don't engage with the people because we don't want to spend the time that it's going to take to do what it's going to, what's going to be necessary to truly go with them. Because if I invest, I'll walk down the stairs and come over to Big Jim. I know I'm off the camera, sorry. It's probably better for your viewership. I can come over here and introduce myself to Big Jim. But it's going to take a lot of time beyond a, a hello, how are you? People are messy. And I may know Jim, I may not know Jim, but in order for me to come and introduce myself, in order for me to go into any one of your lives, I now may be opening up Pandora's box, and I'm not sure that I really want to get into all of that. Because as I get to know Price, I might find out that Price has all of these other things, and I'm like, whoo, I did not want all of that. And all of that becomes messy, and all of that becomes time, and all of that becomes me going, I just don't know that I have that time. I don't know that I'm willing to help, or I can help. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So therefore, it's a whole lot easier for me to never even talk to Price, or to never talk to Jim, or to never talk and keep it all to myself, because I'm not really ready to spend that time with you. I wish I could say that all of you are just perfect and loving people and no problems come with any of us. The reality is, though, <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> because with every person inside of this wall, these walls, on the camera, wherever it is, there's a backstory to all of us. And for me to share the gospel and for me to outreach and for me to do that, the question has to be asked, am I willing to go with you? Because if I want to share with Price, I got to be willing to go with Price to the next five steps. I can't just go to him and say, hey, well, guess what? That was cool. How are you doing? And never go again. There's a cost of my time and effort and energy that comes into this thing. God's word does not say, go ye therefore and make converts. God's word says, go ye therefore and make disciples, which is time, which is messy, which is sometimes ugly, but it's real. And therefore I go, woo! 
I'm good to get you in the door, but that's about where it stops for me because I'm a little bit too busy. Hey, I'm just asking. Jesus was willing to go with. Jesus said, hey, I'm coming to your house and we're having dinner and I really don't care what all these people say. Because what happened? They all started, what does it say? They all started murmuring. Oh, did you see what he did? He just went and had lunch with that. Oh, my goodness. He's over there. Jesus, no, I have one intention. I came here to seek and to save that which was lost. And Zacchaeus, I don't care if Zacchaeus is a tax collector. I don't care if Zacchaeus had three cents to his name. I don't care if Zacchaeus had three million to his name. Zacchaeus was a man who was seeking up on a tree, just wanted a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus saw Zacchaeus as a man who was in need of a Savior and said, Zacchaeus, come on down because I'm coming to your house. As it pertains to you and I with outreach, me going to say something to my neighbor to go introduce myself and say, hey, my name is Aaron. I live over here. What is yours? You know what? It may be the greatest thing that you ever experienced. Because you might meet Joe. And you and Joe might become friends. You might find out that Joe knows the Lord and Joe goes down the street to another church and the two of you are now believers right on the same street. What an incredible thing. You might also find out that Joe is in the midst of a divorce and Joe's kids or whatever. You might come home and see the police at the neighbor's house like we did a couple months ago. And it gets messy because you're like, well, I don't know if I want to get in the middle of that. God's word does not say stop if there's the police at the house. God's word does not say stop if you don't know. God's word does not say. God's word says simply, are we aware? Am I willing to go with them the extra mile? Whatever it takes, am I willing to go? This morning, the challenge of it, will we go? Will we go? I believe sometimes... As we look at this, as it pertains to salvation, as it pertains to church, as it pertains to these things, if it's easy, okay. If it takes time, eh, not so much. And people are time. And people are messy. I bet you if you got to know me a little bit, you'd find out that I'm not, I, I believe to the best of my ability, I try to be the same guy up here that I am when I'm at home, that I am when I'm on vacation, that I am wherever I'm at. To the, I, I truly mean that. I try to the best of my ability to honor the Lord in all of those things. I wish I could tell you I was perfect. But if you had cameras watching my house, I'm probably going to say something to my kids that I probably shouldn't say. I'm probably going to act in a manner that I probably shouldn't have acted, just like if I were watching yours. And you'd go, oh, he said that? I'd have never thought he's a pastor. I can't either. <laughs> but that's, that's where we're at. And people get messy. 
I'm fortunate. I have friends. When I have messes, there's friends that like my mess. They They talk to me about my mess. Because I want to be healthy for you. I want to be healthy for my wife and my kids. But I wonder if we'll go to the neighbor and be willing to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to go with you. Wherever that takes. Neighbor, my name's Aaron. What's yours? I'm aware of you. I spoke your name. Hey, what about, what about a barbecue sometime? Would you ever come over to the house? Will you open your house to your neighbor that you don't know? There's some of you right now that are going, heck no, I don't know who they are. They ain't coming in my house. I'm dead serious, though. Will you open your house to your neighbor? That's what God... His word is challenging us with, I believe. Will I go with them? Will I love them? Will I care for them? It's one thing to be aware and to say my name is. It's another thing to say, hey, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. Lastly, this morning, as I close out, because today is the day. Zacchaeus ran to get to the tree. Zacchaeus ran to get up the tree, and Jesus said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Get down here quickly, because I'm coming to your your house for dinner. See, more than anything, Jesus was not alarmed at who Zacchaeus was as a tax collector and one of the most hated men in that area. He didn't go to him because he had more money than anybody else. And so his house was probably nicer and his maid made better dinner than the person that was over beside him on this side. It wasn't any of those things. He recognized that Zacchaeus needed a savior. Zacchaeus searching for just a glimpse. Just one little glimpse. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go with you. Or he said, I'm aware, I see you, come down, I'm going with you. Because today is a, is, a, is a special day for you. Hey, church, there's all kinds of things, doctrinally, theologically, I guess you could say, when you look at all of this, from the, we come into what salvation is, we come into this day as salvation, come to this house for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. He was a son of Abraham based upon his lineage, but now he's a son of Abraham based upon his faith. And we can go through a lot of these different things. But what we see is Jesus recognized. He was aware, was willing to go, and because of that, there was salvation. Today, I think it's the same thing for us. Will I be aware of the neighbor? Will I be aware of the person that's at the ball field? Will I be aware of the person that's at the the coffee shop? Will I be aware of the person at the gym? And then will I go with them? See, because as I do that, with no benefit to myself, with no benefit to myself, but one thing, I'm loving God and honoring people and doing it. And in that process, 
somebody may come to Jesus. Today might be that day. As we close out, maybe this is a challenge to you. There's no benefit to me. (laughs) A lot of times we do things because they benefit us. Walking an extra mile with a person typically (laughs) doesn't benefit you here on this earth. I've allowed people to use vehicles. It's cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. Literally, my wife looked at me one time and I was really frustrated. And she said, but we'll do it again. And we did. There was no benefit. It just cost me money. They didn't turn around and shake my hand and give me a high five. As a matter of fact, most of the time we don't do it because we're getting used. God's word never says, don't go with them if they're going to use you. Yes, I believe there's a time we have to use our head and enough is enough because it becomes whatever. But God's word, we're speaking of what we're looking at is that I'm to go with you. I am to invest in because this is what I am to do. I have recognized your need. I am recognizing who you are. I am recognizing that you're seeking Jesus. I am recognizing those things. I am aware of this. And I am now willing to walk with you wherever we need to walk. I will take my time and I will go with you because today might be the day of your salvation. I wonder, today in this church, Are you aware of your neighbor, of a coworker, of the guy down the street, of the barista, of the guy at the gym? Are you aware of them? And will you go with them? I'm not asking you to try to slide the gospel message underneath some little sneaky thing. No, I'm not asking that. You don't even need to look at him and say, hey, I'm just telling you, I'm a friend of yours because I just want to see you come to Jesus. The only reason I'm talking to you is because I just want you to come to Jesus. No, it's really not that. It's in the heart that God has given to you that he is now over, the overflow is coming out and you are genuinely just loving them. Yes, your goal and your intention is that they would seek Jesus and that they would come to know Jesus, not because it does anything for you, but because it's the greatest gift that can ever be given. And you want to give them the hope that you have. And you want them to have the joy that you have. And I wonder today, I'm asking, would we be a church, would you be an individual that says, I am here And Jesus, I don't know what that means. But as silly as it is to reach my street, to just pray over the name, I'm asking you, God, to allow me to be aware. I'm asking you, God, to give me a burden to go with them. Because today might be that day. You know what? Today might not be the day. And it might be in 10 years. And it might be in 30 years. You may not even be in the picture anymore. But because you were faithful, they saw Jesus in you. And somebody down the road is now going to be able to continue to plant and water and all of those things that they might see the fruit of that.
would we be faithful? This morning, as I close, there's really just two kind of simple questions, I guess. You may be one that does not know Christ as Savior. And you might think, there's nobody that's aware of me. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Jesus knows the hairs on your head. He knows how many that there are. He created you in His image and in His likeness and He loves you more than anybody on this earth could ever love you. Regardless of what you have done. And He gave, God gave His only Son to die upon that cross that you might have the hope in Him. This morning I'm just asking for you Maybe you're Zacchaeus just looking. I just want to see a glimpse of him. I just want to see Jesus. And maybe today you just came kind of searching to see this guy named Jesus. And in seeing him, your life becomes radically changed because he gave everything for you. Maybe you are a believer in this room today and you know Jesus Christ is your Savior and there's no doubt about that in your life. Maybe the challenge is I've become comfortable. I've not been aware. And I was just challenged to be aware of those that are around me. Maybe your challenge is that you're aware. You're just unwilling sometimes to go because you're a little afraid of what that might look like. It'll hurt, I'll promise you. There's times it'll hurt. There's also times that it's the greatest joy of your life to watch the light bulb go off and somebody's eyes open up a glow because they've experienced what you have experienced in Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Would you respond to him today? Would you respond to him today? Father, we come to you and the vast majority of those that are sitting here today know you as Savior. And this isn't some big ploy to sneak in this or that. It's truly just a challenge. It's been a challenge to me. that I would share, that I would be more intentional. God, that you would burden my heart more for the lost around me. That you would help me to be more diligent in my time so that I have more time with people, that I have more time to interact, that I have more time to to have a mind that's at ease. God, there's also some that may not know you today. And God, my prayer is that that you would have tugged upon their heart to draw them to yourself. And that God, we as a church here will be faithful to do what you have called us to do. To teach, to love them, to go with them, and to walk with them through this process, through this journey of life. Christian life.
So God, for those that do not know you, would you tug upon their heart that they would respond? That maybe by walking an aisle and coming to speak to myself or one of the other leaders, it may be by taking a connect card and just filling that out to place to say that they have questions. It may be by speaking to the person that's next to them that, they, that brought them. God, for the believer in this room, I pray that we would respond, that we would accept the challenge, that we would pray over our street, that we would pray over our neighbors, that we would become intentional about saying hello and introducing ourselves and not just being aware, but then going the step and taking that extra step with them. Would I be willing to go with them? For today may be the day of their salvation. Father, regardless of where we are, would we just stop for a moment to respond as you have tugged upon our hearts? Would we stand to our feet this morning? The praise team is going to sing just a simple chorus. I just want to take a minute just to allow us to respond to him as he spoke to us, as he challenged us in his word this morning. Father, we come to you today and I pray that our hearts are opened, that we would see you, that we would seek you. God, I pray that we would slow down, that we would rest, that we would be burdened by our neighbor, for our neighbors, that we would have a, a compassion and a love, that we would be aware and that we would go with where you would lead us to go. Father, thank you for meeting with us today in Jesus' name.